Good morning. My name is Bill Winton, and I am the middle school pastor here. I'm also one of the biblical counselors, and I also uh, am the missions pastor. So I get like three of the best jobs there is on Christian Family Chapel. Um, And so I want to tell you about a friend of mine. Now, my friend, this is an old story because he just retired. Okay, he just retired, but he's told me multiple times this story. When he was in high school, he would go to the bus stop every morning. And there was was one of those bus stops where there's a lot of kids, and uh, they would all hang out and they talk like you do at a bus stop. But there was a pocket of kids that they would talk about what they did at church. And especially on Mondays after Sunday or on Thursdays after Wednesday night, and they would talk about uh, the fun they had, the games they had, the dodgeball they did, the basketball tournament that they would have. They would talk about the pizza that they ate. They would talk about, sometimes they would talk about the camping trips that they would do. And my friend who just retired telling this story from a long time ago, he says, I just remember thinking, they got the dream life for a high school student. That's just awesome. That's amazing. Wow. Are, are they lucky or are they blessed? Or, you know, he, 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 he was unchurched. And one day, one of the students looked at him and said, hey, how come, how come you don't come to this stuff? You're asking questions about it. You listen about it. How come you don't come? And he, he looked at them and um, it's kind of obvious. I don't go to church. I'm not part of your church. Well, you can come. You're invited. I'm invited? I'm invited? They go, oh, yeah, everybody's invited. He goes, I had no idea. And so he started, and then he became a believer, and, but that was the beginning of how he started a relationship with God, being at a bus stop, not knowing he was invited. Sometimes invitations can be really good, and sometimes invitations can cause problems. I remember a student we had in junior high where uh, she and her best friend, they were best friends through elementary and through middle school, but then they had a squabble. And they happened to have a squabble right before her friend's birthday. And so you see what's happening. Her friends send out invitations to all her friends except her best friend. Oh, was that a drama? It was big. Uh, invitations can hurt, invitations can help, invitations can be confusing, like I didn't know I was invited. Or, and so um, invites, they're kind of important. We're going to look at a passage today from Ephesians chapter 1, verse, uh, we're going to be camping on verse 18, but we're going to get a running start stop, starting at verse 15. But do you know what an antecedent is? Mrs. Turode, my middle school English teacher, will be so proud of me right now. An antecedent, all right? You know what a pronoun is? It's, uh, here we go, I'll illustrate. Mary went to the store, she bought bread. She is the pronoun. Now, what does she represent? Well, if we can figure it out, that's what an antecedent is. An antecedent is something that gives meaning to a pronoun. So obviously Mary is the antecedent of the pronoun she. Mary went to the store. She bought bread. So in that case, the antecedent man, that's easy. But sometimes antecedents are hard to figure out. So here's what I did. Don't get mad at me. Um, I added to the scriptures. Okay. Uh, sorry, 
just put the scriptures up like we have in the New American Standard, but every time there's a pronoun, I put in parentheses the antecedent, okay? So that part isn't the scripture. It's just to help you understand who that pronoun is talking about because there's some complication in this. Are you with me? I'm going to turn and face the TV. If you need to walk out, that's okay. That'd be all right. All right. All right. Oh, you need to know in this story, uh, it's not a story. In this passage, there's four characters mentioned. And so there's four possible proper pronouns. There's Paul. There's the believers in Ephesus. There's Jesus and there's God the Father. So those are the possibilities, and you'll see those in parentheses. So let's look at our passage. Ephesians, starting in verse one, um, chapter one, verse 15. For this reason I, here's the parentheses, Paul is writing, for this reason I too, having heard, heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists among you, the believers in Ephesus, and your love for all the saints. So if you summarize this, He's going, I'm Paul, and I've heard you have a faith in Jesus, and I've heard you love other believers. You see that? That's what that means. All right. Then he says, because I've heard that you have a faith in Jesus and you love other believers, he says, I do not cease giving thanks for you, the believers in Ephesus. So he's, he's thrilled for two things. They have a faith in Jesus, and they love other believers. He says, I just give thanks. I'm always giving thanks. He says, but you know what that triggers? It triggers something. It triggers me making mention of you. So he says, when I start thanking, it leads me to praying something for you. And he says, I make mention of you, the believers in Ephesus, in my, that's Paul's, prayers. So I wonder what Paul prays. We know what he thanks the Lord for. They have a faith in Jesus and they love other believers. Now here's his prayer. And this is where Doug took us last week. He prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, does Jesus have a God Well, on the cross, he goes, my God, my God, where have you forsaken me? And then right here, it says, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder who that could be. Oh, next words, the Father of glory, okay? So um, he prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Father of glory, the Father, may, he will give to you, believers in Ephesus, two things, a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, the Father. So that's what Doug took us last week, that he says, man, I thank the Lord because you have a faith in Jesus and that you love other believers, and then that leads me to start praying for you, that you get wisdom and you get knowledge of the Father. And then he goes, but I pray something else, and that's today's verse. Today's verse, Matthew, I mean, Ephesians 1.18. I, Paul, pray that the eyes of your, and this is talking about the believers in Ephesus, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you, the believers in Ephesus, so that you will know what is, this is his prayer, that you'll know what is the hope of his, the Father's calling, and what are the riches of the glory of his, the Father's inheritance in the saints. So he prays two things. After he prays for wisdom and knowledge of God, he says, I pray that you'll know the hope of the Father's calling and the hope and the riches of the glory of the Father's inheritance in the saints. Okay? That's our passage today. Clear? As mud or whatever. So, usually in a passage like this, I'd spend a long time talking about the hope of the Father's calling and then spend a long time of the riches of the glory of the Father's inheritance in the saints and then we'd go home but I'm gonna do it a little different today. If you're taking notes, have fun. Um, but I'm gonna tell a story 
from the scriptures, but it's not a real story. It's a make-believe story, okay? But it's okay because Jesus made it up. It's a parable, and it's in Matthew 22. Um, if, I'm going to just tell it to you, but if you want to go there, you can, but I, I'm, I'm just going to be telling it to you. Jesus, this is how Jesus did it. What's a parable? A parable is an earthly story with a spiritual meaning, a parable is not how we create doctrine. A parable is more like good for a kick in the pants. You know, you, we, you hear the story and they're like, <gasps> I need to change my life. Okay, so parable isn't how we create theology or doctrine. Parable, Jesus told parables so people would go, oh my goodness, I need to change my life. Okay, so in this parable, there was a king. Now, what would make a king happy? You know, you think about that, it's kind of puzzling because the king probably has a lot of people whose sole job is to make the king happy. And now this king, he wants to, uh, he has this desire and it's something that would make him happy because he had a son and he loved the son and the son was gonna get married. And so the king says, you know what? I have this vision this is what would be good. My, my, one of my sons texted me this week, Dad, 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 what? Tim Tebow is trying out for a tight end position as the Jaguars. And this was Thursday. What if that happened? And then he goes, and we might get Trevor Lawrence tonight. He says, and we have Urban Meyer as the coach. He goes, Dad, just think what this season could be. All right, so if you want to answer the question, what would please my son, you sort of got a taste of it. What would please the king in the story that Jesus is going? He's going, the king, for him, it's my son is going to have a wedding, and I really want my son happy. Oh, and, and I just got this vision of the wedding day. It's not a day. Back then, weddings were like long. Uh, uh, it's our weddings are more like a Super Bowl party where you have the first half and then you have a break and then you have the second half, the reception. And, and, and it's all said and done in about four or five hours, six hours. Um, back then, weddings were a long time, days long, sometimes over a week. I mean, it's just biblical times were a little bit different. Sounds kind of fun. Uh, we studied in junior high this semester about the book of Esther. And in chapter one, King Ahasuerus says, I want to do the party of all parties. And he throws a six-month party. Don't go to work. We're just going to have incredible time. It got him in trouble, too, um, especially with his wife. Um, so anyway, in this story, the king's saying, we're going to have a party. The people hearing this story from Jesus are going, ah, we know what a wedding's like. It's going to be long and great. And the king says, if my son has a fantastic wedding, that'll make me happy. So the king, the day comes for the wedding, and the king goes to, sometimes in the passage he calls them servants, sometimes he calls them slaves, but he sends out the slaves and says, you remember all those invitations? Go knock on the door and tell them, it's today, it's today, the wedding starts today, come. And so they went out, and it's, and you know, parables usually have surprising things. Here's what happens in the parable. They go out. And there's a variety of reactions. They paid no attention. They went their own way. Some went to their farms. Some went and opened up their businesses and started selling things. 
Okay, that is not exactly what you want to happen, but then it gets worse. Some of them, out of disrespect, took the slaves and started teasing them and started bullying them, and it got out of hand, and it got violent, and they started beating them. And then it got really out of hand, and they murdered, they killed some of them. And at some point in time, the slaves are carrying their bodies, the, the, the bodies back. They're, they're, maybe some are in slings or crutches, and, and they're coming back, and they're reporting to the king that people just sort of said no. People went about their work or their farm, and then we got beat, and some of us got killed. And you can imagine the king is going, I got this vision for my son's wedding that... And, and I know my son likes people. He just wants a full wedding. He'll be so pleased. And this isn't leading towards that vision. And so the king gets enraged because his vision is not being realized. And the king tells those people, he, he gets his army or his police, and he says, go get them. Find out who did that. Because in our country, we call that murder. And give them first, uh, first degree murder. Give them uh, the death penalty and go kill them and burn all the stuff they have. So the, the police, the armies go do that. And then he gathers the slaves again together. He says, I still got this vision. My son on the wedding, he's gonna be thrilled. I can't wait. And he, and he says, go back out, but we're gonna change strategies. We're gonna up the invites. We're gonna up the invites and he tells them, go therefore into the main highways. That means go wherever there's people. And as many as you find there, invite to the wedding feast. So just go and get them. Go invite anybody. And so the slaves go out, and those slaves went out into the streets, and they gathered together all they found, both evil and good, and the wedding hall was filled with dinner guests. So what happened? He said, go up the invites and just let anybody come. Just let anybody come. And, it, and there's a parallel passage in the book of Luke, and it, it talks about there's beggars on the side of the road. And, and, and can you just see, there's this moment of they're loving it. They're loving it. I can see some beggar going, I was, I was a bum yesterday on the side of the street begging, and now I'm sitting in a palace with a turkey leg. How cool has life gotten? I'm so thankful to be here. And so um, in, the, in this story, you know, I have interns every summer, and they usually haven't taught a lot. I, they want to teach parables frequently. I usually go, no, I'm not going to let you teach parables. Parables are complicated things to teach, and frequently you get it wrong. However, this parable, I say once you get experience at Bible teaching, you can teach parables, but let's not start there. Uh, this parable is like the easiest parable of all the parables out there. Who's the king represent? The father, God. All right, who's the son represent? Jesus. All right, who's the slaves and the servants? That's us, okay? The party, I think that's heaven, okay? And then, hmm, what's the point? What's the point of the passage? <laughs> it's always tricky, you know? What's the point of the passage? Well, Jesus actually says the point in the last verse. He goes, for many are called, but few are chosen. What's the point of the passage? God at some point said, up the invites. 
up the invites. In fact, in this day and age, everyone, everyone's invited. Everyone's invited to the party. So we're trying to understand two things. Paul's praying that those people that loved, that had a relationship with Jesus and that they loved other believers, he's thanking the Lord, but then he's praying they'll get wisdom and knowledge of God. And then he's praying, I just want your eyes to be open that you'll understand the hope of the Father's calling and you'll understand the riches of the glory of the Father's inheritance in the saints. Okay, two things. Well, what is the hope of the Father's calling? Well, from this passage, everyone's invited. Everyone's invited. And it's possible some people can be at the bus stop and not know they're invited. And God's going, let's up the invites. Let's up the invites. And he's calling us as believers, go, go, give out invites. Go give out invites. It would be great. So the first thing is the hope of the Father's calling. Let's up the invites. But what is the riches of the glory of the Father's inheritance in the saints? And this seems easy from the passage. The Father had this vision right from the beginning. Right from the beginning. The, the, the palace is filled with people that are happy to be there and, and so thankful. I got a turkey leg and I'm in a palace for crying out loud. And the son is loving it and it's a wonderful wedding day and the father's watching over and maybe at some point the son turns to dad. Thanks, dad, this is great. The son's happy, the father's happy. There's, and, and what makes them happy? Well, I thought about bringing it, I didn't, but I have a Star Trek comic book collection you know, there was a scene in my life, I love Star Trek, and I collected every single Star Trek comic book except one. Volume one, number one. Never could find that at a reasonable price. But uh, Denise was like, throw these things away. I'm like, no, they have value to me. And, and so they take up space in our closet. Um, but Winton's aren't the, Winton's, I'm not the, they collect other things. I have sons that collect shoes. I mean, Lots. I have a daughter who collects shoes too, now that I think about it. Um, and then uh, my sons collect hats, Patagonia hats. Oh, they just, and I'm like, why? I got a baseball hat, throw that on. It's not the same. In other words, what that means is it doesn't have the value, your hat, you know? That's a good lawn maintenance hat. It has a lawnmower brand on there. No, dad, you know? And so, uh, but God, what's he collect? People. Now, there's a mystery here, because part of me, I don't understand why God collects people, but we're created in, in his image, and we, he does. He loves people, and so the father thinking that Jesus is going to love having a full house with lots of people, and Jesus going, I'm, I'm so glad dad's pleased, and dad's glad, and, and he's just like, this is terrific. That's the riches of the, father, riches of the glory of the father's inheritance in the saints, Someday the party's just full, and uh, and then Jesus. Uh, why did we start? Why did God start this whole thing in Genesis? You know, this whole planet and stuff like that, because Jesus would come someday, the Son, and He'd leave heaven, come to earth. He'd humble Himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. And someday, ready, the Father's going to be excited about this. Jesus is going to get the name above every name, and. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. 
So the son is just pleased, but then to the glory of the father. You see how they're just trying to please each other. You know, we should live to please the father. Um, so that's what it is, okay? That's where it is. When uh, some of you need this, this is what the Lord has for you, just this verse. This is incredible to me. Um, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. So think about this. The psalmist is thinking about God's thoughts to him. How vast is the sum of them? If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I am awake, I am still with you. What's he saying? God has these thoughts about you, and they're loving thoughts. <laughs> and he goes, you know how many they are, Janet? God has more loving thoughts for you than sand on the seashore. We know about sand around here in Florida, don't we? That's like, oh, wow. God, we need to hear that God, he, he, he wants us at the party. Okay? So, I have a, whoop, I have a blow your mind thought. Um, well, I picked on Janet, so I'll pick on Phil. Phil, since the day you got saved, you've done some things, some good things with the right attitude. You're just trying to serve the Lord, whether sharing the gospel with somebody or going out and sweeping out the garage for your wife. And, and uh, you, you, I want to say, there's a good chance, Phil, you've done tens of thousands of good things. You know? It's just possible. You know? Cause, and... If I gave you a memo pad and said, Phil, start listing them, you'd be about halfway down the sheet. <laughs> and you go, I got 15. And here's what's true. You've forgotten most of them. Most of them you couldn't forget. You, you've forgotten. Thousands and thousands of things you forgot. But here's the blow your mind truth. Jesus hasn't forgotten one of them. And he's going to bring them all up. <laughs> How cool is that? Of all the good things you've done since you got saved with the right attitude, right motivation, you've forgotten most. It's just part of our mind. But God hasn't forgotten any. Uh, this should like have us in tears with joy. He hasn't forgotten any. And he's going to bring him up again. I see Frida out here. And Frida, you've made so many meals for our middle school, hundreds of meals. You couldn't list them now, you know. But God hasn't forgotten any of those. And he's going to bring each one of those up again. How cool is that? So, um, fullness. Their passage is called fullness. Do you know what this is? This is called an oculus. And you put it on your head, and you turn it on, and you enter into a virtual reality world. You can play video games. You can watch Netflix. You can do all stuff. But you can turn. You can look around. There's... It's 360 degrees up and down. It's an amazing thing. You ride roller coasters on it, um, and you get sick on the roller. I get sick watching the roller coasters on it. It's an amazing thing. Uh, my son got it for me for my birthday uh, early April, and so uh, I played this game. I had it on, and I'm in a whole world. I'm standing in our living room. The couch is here. There's another couch here. Denise is sitting on that couch. And I'm playing this video game, and it, it goes, it, it's like a Fortnite game, 
where you want to, it's like a big dodgeball game, and you get everybody out, and once they're out, they're eliminated. You want to be the winner. You want to be the last one alive, but you use, it's a cartoon game, and you use, like, guns, and so you find guns and treasure and ammo, and I'm going through, and Denise is just sitting there chuckling at me. Just, you look so goofy, and I, it, the guns take two hands, so you have to load it up, and then you, and then you hold the gun, and you, and you walk around this deserted city, but you know there's 36 other people, and you want to get rid of them, so you're so nervous. And I walk around a brick wall, and I go, and there's another wall, and so there's an alley. And I'm going to go down this alley searching for somebody so I can kill them. And, and, I'm go- and then as I'm going down the wall, there's a door here. I got a big decision. Do I go down looking for people down the end of the alley, or do I search inside this building, you know, on the other side of the brick wall? And I'm just fumbling. And what, what do I do? I'm holding it, and I'm looking that way, I'm looking this way, and and as I'm looking this way, I'm starting to see something. And a guy comes around the hall alley at the end, comes running around towards me, firing his gun like crazy. I go, ah! And, you know, you move with your thumb, but I turn and I ran with my feet <laughs> through the couch. <laughs> my character... I didn't move my body with my thumb. I was so entrapped in this world that I ran through the couch. And Denise, she was here Thursday night. She's still chuckling about that. She screams, ah! And then, what have you done? And I was just lost in the game. And so, what does this have to do with fullness? We're in a series called Fullness. And in fullness, at the end of this passage, in this paragraph, it says Jesus is the head and the church is the body. And I'm here to give testimony that when the body doesn't do what the head wants, there's disaster. (laughs) Jesus is the head, we're the body. When the body doesn't do what the head wants, there's disaster. And so Paul is praying, if you guys will catch the hope of the Father's calling, and if you guys will catch the riches of the glory, the Father's inheritance in the same, the body will be following along with the head. That's fullness. Okay, so um, I want to tell you another story. It, I've been here, so we started in 1998, and I, and I came on staff on January 10th of 2000, so I've been here 21 years now, and this story is one of the joys and privileges of having been a long-term staff member here um, it was probably 18 years ago. I'm making up that number, but it was a long time ago. And Doug says, hey, I'm gonna, we're going to have a meeting. He was co-pastor back then. He wasn't senior pastor. We had two co-pastors. And uh, he brought a meeting of all the staff, all the elders, and all the deacons. And he says, bring your wives while you're at it. So we all come. The D building was brand new. And we come one Thursday night or Tuesday night. And in this meeting, Doug says, we got a problem. We think we're really healthy. We are kind of proud of ourselves at Christian Family Chapel. And if you ask anybody, why are are we so proud of ourselves? We go, because we teach the Bible. And we teach the Bible really good. We're good Bible teachers. And he goes, and that is part of health, but that's not complete health. He says, but let me tell you, there's a whole area where we're the body are not following the head, Jesus, and that's in the area of evangelism. When I look at the Father's heart, the, the hope of the Father's calling, 
And God is saying, up the invites, up the invites. He says, for, and I, I remember this so clearly. One of my uh, favorite moments of leadership with Doug since I've been here is he, he goes, we're not healthy. He said, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And if you look at our new members, our new members almost completely are people that transferred from another church because they heard about the Bible teaching, or we birthed some more babies, and they're growing up, and now they hit 18. But as far as people saying in new members, hey, I'm here because I got saved, it rarely happens. So he goes, as leader of this church, we're going to change. And as long as I'm here, here's what's going to happen. We're going we're gonna to add that to our health. Up the invites. And, and, and we did. And things changed. Um, and people left the church, but... People leave the church all the time for different things. And, uh, and so there was a price, but we started changing. And today what I'd like to do is I'd like to give you a report because there's something that's really cool uh, and encouraging. On where I think Christian Family Chapel has got a good measure of health in this area. I think Doug created a train station, though. Christian Family Chapel is part train station. I like trains. I like, I've been on multiple overnight train rides where you get your own compartment. It's always fun. But you know what you do with the train? A train, in my mind, communicates adventure, okay? Yeah, uh, there's, you get on the train, and it's much more adventuresome than an airplane. Airplane, whoo, that's like study hall. Sit there, don't move, don't talk, you know? A train, you get up, you move, you can, you can go to the front, you stand in between the apartments, feel the wind, and there's a caboose, and there's the child hall, and, and it's just so much fun. And it takes you somewhere, which is probably going to have some adventure, okay? So two things you can do at a train station. You can get on the train, head for adventure, or you can stand still and watch the caboose leave. Okay, so with Doug has created train station, we've had a whole bunch of initiatives that Christian Family Chapel, the Lord has blessed us to be part of, like power-up clubs. We started power-up clubs right around that time, and we just said, hey, we're going to take 100, 150 junior high, senior high, and college students, and we're going to put them in the front yards of power-up club, of lawns in the Jacksonville, and we're going to up the invites. We're going to up the invites, and we're going to tell children that they can go to heaven. Very, very cool when we were there. Uh, this week, Jonathan Monk, I mean, that was in the early days. Just this week, Jonathan Monk, the senior high pastor, fantastic high school pastor, he told me, on Wednesday night, he had the privilege, the privilege of sharing from Matthew chapter 7 that the kingdom of heaven is open to high school students. And so he shared and gave the gospel with 75 students. So uh, power-up clubs, you think if that's a train, an evangelism train, there's many of you guys have got on that adventure. Some of y'all have been leaders. Some of you have been adult leaders. Some of you have been host homes. Some of you come and just flip pancakes. Uh, some people have donated stuff for it. Um, some people got on the train, and some people stood and just sort of watched the caboose go by. You know? There's people in here that have worked in senior high, and you just sort of got on that train. By the way, here's the truth I found out about train stations. You don't get on every train. You can't get on every train. Okay? So this isn't a guilt thing. It's just, you know, you get on the trains. God wants you to, but they lead to adventure. Um, and in my mind, if I remember the timeline back, when Doug finished this talk years ago with all the leaders, 
I say, you know what junior high does? Junior high teaches the Bible on Sunday morning. Junior high teaches the Bible on Sunday nights. And junior high teaches the Bible on Wednesday nights. Surely I can forfeit one of those for up the invites. And so we made Wednesday nights, and it's been this way since that long, where we up the invites and we say, you know what middle school students like? They like to throw balls at each other. So we come and tell people, come. We throw a lot of balls at each other. And then we come inside and we tell them, the kingdom of heaven is open to you. And kids get saved. We made one of our entire programs (laughs) all about evangelism because of that leadership back then. It's just a privilege that God has given us to up the invites. Uh, Readyosity. If any of y'all got on that readyosity train We decided that not just kids in neighborhoods, not just high school or junior high kids, but sometimes people are in need, and when they're in need, it's just a great time to give them the gospel and up the invites. And so people, we've decided we're going to collect a pot of money, so when somebody comes with a need, we'll say, hey, we'll help supply this need, and while we're giving it to them, we say, here's your invite to the kingdom of heaven. So we have helped pay medical bills. We helped somebody pay for a funeral service that they couldn't. And at the time, we're telling them about Jesus. We've helped people with rent. We've helped, especially during COVID, with utilities, buying groceries when people are out of work. Uh, We even had somebody finally got a job, but they needed a uniform, but they didn't have money. And we helped them buy a uniform so they could go go to that work. And at it, we tell them, the kingdom of heaven is open to you. In 2019, if you remember, we had these light bulb trees, and they were in the back of the auditorium, and they had 110 light bulbs, and uh, maybe you got on this train one way or another. We're like, let's get our body to just keep inviting people, and the kingdom of heaven's open to you. Let's up the invite, and let's do so many invites that... Lord, it'd be great if you would provide 110 people to be saved. And when everybody, somebody gets saved, we turn on a different light bulb. Oh, this was a thrilling moment. I was there that July night where we turned on the last light bulb. And wow, was it ecstatic in here and so cool celebrating what the Lord had done. Uh, in biblical counseling, just in the last 28 months, we have had, what is it, 158 non-Christian family chapel people. So in our biblical counseling, we say, hey, if you're in the church and you have a train wreck, come to, a train wreck, bad illustration. Um, if you have a problem in life, um, <laughs> I didn't mean that. <laughs> if you have a problem in your life, come and we'll solve it. If you're in the church, you get priority. And if we have some free time and other people want to come, We'll do them as we have availability. And sometimes there's lost people that say, we need counseling, but we're looking for the cheapest possible, and we win because ours is free, you know? And so they come to us. I'm one of the biblical counselors, and I tell them, please give me the unchurched people. I love that. I get them an hour in a room. We talk about their problem in life, and then we say, I, I share the gospel with them and I answer any questions they have. You see their light bulbs going off. And then if they don't get saved then, I say, here's your homework. Read one of the biographies of Jesus. You know, and come back next week and we'll talk about it all over again. And week after week, I love giving invites one-on-one in the counseling arena. So we've done a lot of that. Egg Glow is our Easter egg hunt we've done for years. One year we had 1,200 people come, and one year we had 1,500. But in there, we tell them, the kingdom of heaven is open to you. How cool is that? And then 
uh, trunk or treat. We've done that for years to get invited, and Becky's going to make sure. We, a lot of times it's come to children's ministry with Becky because Becky's going to give them the gospel, and we average between five and 600 guests every year at Trunk or Treat where we're up the invites. Some of you have been on that train. You've, maybe you've just contributed candy. There's a lot of ways to get on the train. You can just contribute candy or you can come do a decorate a car. Uh, saturate First Coast. We have neighbors called 32257, our zip code. We got together with seven other churches and we said, we're gonna contact every house. And so Christian Family Chapel, uh, I was part of this, uh, got on this train, but we went to 2,500 of the homes in 32257 and invited them to church and so they can hear that the kingdom of heaven is open to them. Uh, Alpha has been implemented and we found that we can give the gospel to people that are seeking for help in life's problems and questions and people who are trying to get their questions answered, a perfect place to share the gospel with them. Divorce care and grief share is somebody's lost a person. And we've learned that when people have lost, that's a great time to tell them the kingdom of heaven is open to you. And so we've had that for many years. Uh, uh, we gave away 200 backpacks to children, and in those backpacks was student supplies, but also, <laughs> come here, Becky, in the children's ministry, because they're going to tell you about uh, the kingdom of heaven is open to you. Uh, during COVID, lonely people we found were actually good to give invites to, and so we had 500 handwritten notes going to nursing homes for people that are not allowed to have visitors. And in many of those notes, hey, the kingdom of heaven is open to you. 500. Has things changed? We got a lot. Can you tell we're a big train station? Lots of things going through with it. We did a date night comedy, but we thought, wow, how could we do this strategically? Well, you know what? There's people in our church that, in our neighborhoods that are in the military, so it was for the military people, and we thought military people could use an invitation. We don't want anybody at the bus stop going, I didn't know I wasn't invited. We don't want any of that. So we had a date night comedy night for military folks, and we shared the gospel using comedy. And Power Surge is our how we finish power-up clubs every year, and many of y'all have gotten on that train and ran a, uh, um, a what do you call it, um, help me, inflatable. You know, inflatable ride, you just sort of, and, and we've had that, and usually that has between 1,200 and 1,200 to 2,400 people every year, and I know there's balloons to set up, and every, but there's lots of ways to get on that train, and you've been on it. CFC, wow, so good, and then you can't forget our Christmas Eve and our Easter services, where there's never been a Christmas Eve or an Easter service at Christian Family Chapel, we haven't told people the kingdom of heaven is open to you. And usually in regular seasons, it's just full and packed, and uh, it's very cool. And then we also learned that there's people in our community that don't know English, but they'd like to know English, and people that would like to know English could also use an invitation to the gospel. So we started a TESOL program, and it's really cool, and we teach English to people that don't know English, but every, and they do it several times a week, but uh, there's always God talk. And you know what God talk is? God talk is where we say, hey, the kingdom of heaven is open to you. So, whew, we're at a train station? Yeah. Now, all of that is sort of like within five or 10 miles of Christian Family Chapel. But if you remember in the beginning, I told you I'm also the mission pastor, didn't I? So, go like this and 
because we got to buckle up. We got to fly right now because we've done stuff outside of five to 10 miles. And I'd like to tell you how the Lord has blessed us overseas with, at Christian Family Chapel since we've made this turn to up the invites to tell people to, the, to know about the Father's heart. And so here we go. Uh, oh. There's people in this world that live on islands and no one has ever come to their island. Their island is like a big bus stop and no one's ever come to their island and told them the kingdom of heaven is open to you. Not one. So their invite is all messed up. They don't know of an invite. And at the missions conference, if you remember, we said, hey, we got people that are ready to go to those islands and tell them and invite them. However, it's too far to swim. So I'm so pleased to tell you, we bought a boat. Yes, Christian Family Chapel. We bought a boat. They're shopping for one now, and they are, uh, they're ready to go and tell those islands about it. So this isn't the boat we bought. This is just a picture we got to help in our um, raising of the funds. But it was a cool day a couple Fridays ago where I was actually discouraged because we hadn't raised all the funds. And I was like, oh, Lord, we'll just give them what we have. And, and then I got a call two Fridays ago, and somebody said, Bill, when you gave that challenge, I had two boat motors in my garage, and I just told the, I just told the Lord, Lord, if you want them, you can have them. So here's what I did. I just put them on Craigslist, and I put a high price. I said, whatever comes in, the Lord, you can have it all for the boat. And uh, he says, do you know the people took the actual price I put there? And he says, and I'm writing a check, and I'm running the numbers up. Like, that takes us over the top. Lord, you are so cool, and that these people can now on these islands go get invites. I'm just thrilled to death about that. Yeah, very good. Many of you got on that train. You got on the train and put in, I mean, we were watching every day. It was so exciting, but hey, way to get on and do it. Now, have you heard about Proclaim? Proclaim is one of our mission agencies uh, that we have three missionary couples are part of. And do you know what they do? Proclaim uses the art and they share the gospel. They tell people the kingdom of heaven's open to you. So they use mime, they use drama. They have a lot of variety of the arts, but one of their primaries is music. And they go all over the world, some places really hard places. I was talking to John Bauer about it this Friday. Um, and, and they go, and they, the, everything is about sharing the gospel, but they might just do some fun songs because it's gonna take them somewhere. And they go anywhere, they can get a crowd, and the crowd loves the songs, and they sing along, and it's a lot. Like, we're so glad we're here. And then maybe they throw out a song that makes you think. Hmm, that makes me cry, that makes me, mm, I, I, don't, I wonder about that, and they talk about thinking, and then, uh, and they say, we got other songs that make you think, listen to this one, and then they maybe they play a Christian song, and, uh, and when they finish that, uh, and they've been weaving all throughout this invitation, but they might do a five, ten minute in, uh, story from the life of Jesus, and uh, they tell them the kingdom of heaven's open to you, and they do it to the tens of thousands of people all over the world, very, very cool ministry. The kingdom of heaven's open to you. Uh, and they make 
And some of you have been on that train, and you've supported them. I mean, they've, ta- they've taken people from our body. Matt Collins, our worship pastor, he's, he's gone with them multiple times. Lots of people have gone with them on these trips. Uh, I don't know if you've seen our missionary board as you walk through, but stop and look. But these people have said, we're going to give our lives to up the invites. We're going to give our lives to up the invites. And we have missionaries that go to unreached people groups. And they say, we're going to leave Jacksonville. We're going to go to a tribe. And we're going to live there so day in and day out for many years we can say the kingdom of heaven is open to you. We have other missionaries that are involved in at least three hospitals around the world. And here's what they've learned. People that are, need uh, physical help, they give them physical help. They send them maybe over to, the, uh, to get their prescription. And before they give them the prescription, they say, hey, here, the kingdom of heaven is open to you. And they share the gospel with them. And uh, it's really cool. Becky, with the children's ministry, found out one place can do surgery for kids with eyes. And so let's get the kids to help these kids see physically. And maybe they'll, at the same chance, get to see spiritually. So they raised $600. And I was so pleased. But then it just mushroomed, and Doug found out about it, and you found out about it, and way more than we thought got on that train. It was a crowded train, but in the end, $20,000 was raised for this to give the kingdom of heaven is open to you to children they couldn't see. And then um, we have missionaries that go, and they plant churches, and here's what, and in hard parts of the world, and what they're thinking is, partly, I want to create a train station, (laughs) I want to get a local group of people, and we have our initiatives, and we help. So uh, that's kind of a cool thing that we do. We have short-term trips. Right now, we have a trip going to the Ukraine, leaving June 10th. They're raising money right now. You can get on that train. Uh, but they're going, and they're going to tell people, somebody like Power Up Clubs is going to tell a camp of kids, hey, the kingdom of heaven is open to you. Uh, we have a partnership with India that I'm very excited about, and we've helped them with thousands of dollars towards Bible, towards one little area up in the northeast, northwest uh, Punjab area. Uh, we've given thousands of dollars for training their church uh, leaders and church planners to how to make train stations in your own area there so it moves from unreached to reached. In the past, we've done one trip a year. One of my sons has gone on that trip where they do evangelism, just go from village to village saying the kingdom of heaven is open to you. And then we're, we're going to be doing more going forward. Uh, many of you got on the Operation Christmas Child train, right? And we put in these shoe boxes and we send them to kids and they get all these toys and clothes, but in it is an invitation. The kingdom of heaven is open to you. Uh, in the Philippines, uh, we've sent... Over 60 of our students on a trip to the Philippines. And let me tell you real quick about that. Matt Blythe, one of our junior high leaders, he spoke at the missions conference. You'll remember him. But he and Bob Tebow were traveling many years ago in Philippines. And every time they came to one little village, they got pulled over by the police. And we didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, but here's the ticket. And they're wanting a bribe. And it happened enough. They ended up going to the mayor. Let's just go talk to the mayor about this. So we went to the mayor. And the mayor says, oh, I want to meet you. And then... He says, I'll say what, I'll solve this. And he takes out a sheet of paper, writes a note, signs it, and says, anytime you get pulled over in my area, just hand this note. Doesn't matter what crime you do, they'll walk away. <laughs> no kidding. 
And he says, hey, y'all want to go out to eat? So he went out to eat, the mayor, with Matt Blythe and Bob Tebow. And then anytime you're in, let's go out to eat. So every time they came through the town, instead of getting a ticket, they got a meal, and they developed a friendship. Fast forward 20 years later to about five or six years ago, the mayor is now the president of the Philippines. And he brings Bob Tebow in, and he says, Bob, I remember you do all this stuff, sharing stuff everywhere, and... uh, politicians, I'm a politician, and they're like diapers. They need to be changed every so often, but I don't want to be changed. If we had a marketing scheme that would make me look better, that would help, I think don't do drugs would be a good one. So can you go everywhere and tell people for me not to do drugs? And Bob says, we don't do that. We tell people about Jesus. We're not interested. We go, we tell him, Jesus died. He came to earth. He died. And if we repent of our sins and, and trust in Jesus, we can have a relationship with him and go to heaven and we give him that invite. We up the invites. And the president of the Philippines goes, yeah, that's close enough. Go do it. I'll write you a sheet of paper. Makes a sheet of paper. Go to any school in the Philippines, public school, private school, elementary, junior high, senior high. Show this to the principal. Within 10, 15 minutes, you'll have a school assembly all outside. They'll drop everything they're doing. And, they've, and, and so we take teams and they just go to as many schools in as day as they can, sometimes up to seven different schools, and do like proclaim, get them all together, tell them about Jesus' love, grace, and forgiveness, the kingdom of heaven is open to you, and then go to the next school, and the next school to the, and sometimes, my daughter called me one day, Dad, one school had 2,000 kids in it, and I shared, and then I went to the next one, and they put me in a pocket with 500 high school students, and the next one, I think she said she, she shared with over 10,000 people one day. It was crazy. And she said, yeah, it's very cool. And, and we ran some numbers, and it seems like our 60 high school, senior high, senior high college, and adults have shared since 2017 up the invites to the tune of over half a million people, children, high school students in the Philippines. How cool is that? The kingdom of heaven. We've changed. Yeah, no kidding. We're going to go back as soon as they open up. We can't wait. Um. Some of you give to the mission fund, and uh, that's we, we help repair cars for our missionaries so they can go back and tell more. We've helped medical aid with our missionaries to come home. We've helped build churches in three countries. Those that are in persecution, we've helped them, and uh, we've purchased Bibles for lots of people. And then, uh, let me try to land this plane, train, something. Um, you, uh, Jesus film. Ready? You're buckled, right? I knew we raised money. If, I don't know if you ever saw the Jesus film. First movie I ever went to at a movie house, 1979, was the Jesus film. And they told the story of Jesus from the book of Luke. They put it in the film, and it has impacted people. Watch this short video. In 1979, we launched a film sharing the story of hope, of reconciliation, of Jesus. With the help of partners all over the globe, we translated and showed this powerful film in more than 1,900 languages. From city to shore and jungle to township, together we brought millions face-to-face with his story. Even with this incredible impact, there are still billions unreached. But what if we could reach them all? Since our founding, we have always been focused on one goal, everyone seeing Jesus. Everyone seeing Jesus. Christian Family Chapel, I remember years ago before I was mission pastor, trans- paid to have one of them translated the films. 
And I called Jesus Film to say, tell me about that and everything. They said, no, you guys, are you from Christian Family Chapel? Yeah. You guys are heroes to the Jesus Film people. What? We're heroes? Yeah, you trans- I know we translate and everything. No, no, it's not that. And long story short, we didn't, I thought we'd done maybe one and a half because we made too much. Um, bottom line, six. Christian Family Chapel has paid for six translations, some of them over a million people in those people groups, and they go, we love Christian Family Chapel. You have three, three translations in Tanzania, one in Togo, one in Indonesia, and one in Kenya, and just thrilled that people have that opportunity to have, I mean, we've just made the Jesus film, which says the kingdom of heaven is open to you. So, how are you doing? You heard about our trains. You've gotten on some. Some you watched the caboose go by. Where are you at? What are we doing right now? Is there a train? Yeah, we have a train in the train yard right now, and that's bless. And it's, we think, walking out of your driveway, there's a house to your right, house to your left. They need Jesus. We'd love to invite them up the invites. And so the kingdom of heaven, we want them to know is open to them. We don't want them to be at the bus stop, so B is begin with prayer. L is listen to them. E is eat something with them, whether it's a meal or coffee or a popsicle. Um, S is serve them somehow. And then the other S is tell them a story. Tell them your story. Tell them Jesus' story. And uh, let's just up the invites. So uh, somebody, you know, the elders think this is a great train to get on. And they allocated uh, $20,000. Some of y'all got those $20 bills, 20000 So, man, you guys can come up right now if you want. But uh, this is what one person told me. They told me, uh, we took the $20 and we bought a bunch of meat and we're going to have a, a barbecue and invite our neighbors over so they can eat with them so we can up the invites. Hey, what's the passage? <laughs> Paul's praying that we would understand the hope of the Father's calling and the riches of the glory of the Father's inheritance in the saints. That's what he's praying. It's going to have to be a God thing. So, thanks for coming. I hope you're encouraged. Uh, seasons are changing. Trains are always changing. But uh, let's get on and do the whole all aboard thing. All right? Blessings on you. Let's sing. Let's stand together as we sing. We are a family ordained. We are adopted into faith. been chosen to be changed forever anchored in his name so let our song be compelled by
this perfect life to redeem and ransom mine that I would be his burning light to every nation tongue and tribe so let my life be compelled by Christ and shine and shine to the praise, to the praise, to the praise of His glory. Poured out His life for our sake. All honor to the author and the hope of our story. praise, to the praise of His glory, He poured out His life for our sake. All honor to the author and the hope of our story, let glory resound to His praise. let that be true. Let his glory resound in our praise. If you're not on board one of the trains Bill was talking about this morning, man, go get on board and let's be part of blessing the people around us. You guys have a great day.